so we're going to continue to talk about the word and life in the word, how we find life in God's word. And I was thinking we should go over the parable of the seed uh, because sometimes we lose sight of the fact that God's word is seed. Amen. And uh, it it is a good thing to keep that in mind when you understand parables. You begin to understand truths about God. It's why Jesus would speak the way he he did. You know, a parable kind of draws everybody in. Um, is there anything we've ever anybody ever had had something you 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 read or you tried to understand, and the first time you read it, you didn't know what you just read? It happens a lot in the Bible, right? And so what Jesus does is he weeds out the spectators with parables. Amen? Because he's looking for disciples. Disciples are not the curiosity seekers. They're not the ones that casually receive the word. He's looking for serious people, folks, because this is a serious walk with God. This is our life. Amen? And it's life to other people, people that you will come into contact with. It's it's a serious matter, but he makes it so that we can walk in it, we can enjoy it. You know, this is serious work, but it's very enjoyable work once you learn how to walk with God and do things according to God's way. And so um, if you turn to Mark chapter four, we'll we'll start start it and, and see how far we get today. Uh, one of the things that I like doing is bringing understanding. Uh, in fact, that's why teachers are called to bring understanding uh, to God's word. You know, you just can't get it uh, just reading on your own. There's so many people that think that you can get what God has for you outside of his system, uh, which is the, the church in the fivefold. So it won't happen that way. You've got to get uh, God's system, get into his system to get his understanding of things. So this is why we go into the word and why we study the word. It's not something that you can get just superficially at face value. How many of us have learned that from trying to get your finances straightened out? Most of us are still working on it, right? Or trying to get your confession together so you're not expecting negative things in life and helping it to come along by uh, speaking out what you fear. Amen. So these are all the things that Jesus has left us to have success in life. He wants us to be successful. And that's the one thing you've got to keep in mind. Whatever he requires from us is for our success and for our good. He's not trying to take any fun away from you. He wants you to have new fun in your life. Amen. <laughs> Like seeing the devil defeated. That is just so much fun. Amen. See, you get new fun. Amen. Back in the day, you know, when I was in the world, I'm not going to elaborate it on too much, but, you know, going out, and you know, hitting the, hitting the clubs and all, that was the fun. But you trade that fun in for eternal fun. There's And there's no fun in the world like what you'll get in God's kingdom. Amen. There's nothing compares to it. So here Jesus is is giving forth the parable about the seed and the sower. And uh, for verse 1, it says, He began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered to him a great multitude. And so many people that he had to go out of off the seashore, off into the ship, 
just so he could have enough room, put a little distance between him and the people so he could accommodate everybody. And and he sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land, and he taught them many things by parables and said unto them this doctrine. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and ate it all up. So you need to know that your seed is food for some species as well as seed for you. So we have to learn how to protect the seed. Got me? It's, learn how to understand how precious God's word is. That there's, there, there are, are devourers out here competing for the seed that you sow. Amen. And so he says it fell by the wayside and it was devoured. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun came up, it was scorched because it didn't have time to take root and it withered away. Some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up. Now, this is something that gets rooted in. After it's rooted in, then the thorns come up around it and choke it off. So the thorns don't allow it to get the food that it needs to get for it to grow into a mature seed. Amen. And it says in the other, and it says, uh, and it yielded no fruit. So this, it didn't, didn't prosper the person. This other fell on good ground. And it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 60 and 30 and some 100 fold. And he said to them, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. So this is one of those parables that you just don't get at first blush. You don't get it the first time you look at it. You don't get it the second time. You you may not get it until, who knows, some people never get it. And you're going to understand how some people never do get it because they don't qualify their soil the way they should. Amen. And, and this is, this is important to know. You know, I've been doing this long enough to have seen enough people that fit into all of these categories. And this parable is 100% true. This you can take it to the bank. If you can find yourself on the productive end of this, you'll do well. But there are some some people who just will never get to the point where they can produce fruit out of the word that's sown to them. It says here in verse 10, and when he was alone, they that were with him, with the 12, about him, with the 12, asked him of the parable. So this is the, those who have ears to hear are the multitude of people. Amen. I mean, those who don't have ears to hear are the multitudes. The disciples are the few in number who follow the Lord wherever he goes. So there was opportunity for all of those people. There were so many people standing there. They pushed him back where he had to go get in a boat in order to preach what he needed to preach to them. And when he said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And when he found out who had ears to hear, it had dwindled down to his same little twelve plus maybe a few more. And this is the yield 
that God usually gets when people first hear the word. Very, very little. And very few people want to go to hear more. Have you ever, ever, ever been in church and, and, uh, the pastor will say, well, I want you to turn to, you know, with John 316, everybody go, yay, yay, yay. I just looked at that this morning and I knew he's going to preach on that. <laughs> then people do not have ears to hear. Come on, y'all. Think about it. Those people are an, uh, an inch deep in God for all of their life. They'll be in that same church jumping up and down when they hear a scripture told. And they, after they've got what they wanted to get out of it, and they don't want anymore. So they shut their ears down. Whenever you get a, a witness of something, it either will draw you into more, or it will cause your ears to shut down. Amen. If you're hearing with your flesh ears, they shut down very easily on the word of God. You watch yourself. You know, you, you know, I've tried to do marathon, you know, listening to the word kind of thing. You know, now they have your word. The Bible is they read it on, you know, CD or read it on your your apps and all that kind of stuff. Now that they have Bible that's listening, you know, you can listen to it's very easy to think, hmm, I'll get me five, six chapters in. But by the time chapter one is halfway done, I'm, my mind has wandered onto something else. That's why the Bible says, don't let it depart from your ears. Keep it before your eyes. So you got to have two witnesses so that you can get full benefit out of anything that you listen to. That's why it's good to keep your Bible open, even if if it's being read to you. Amen. Don't get in the habit of being that lazy person that won't obey the scripture that says, keep it in front of your, don't let it depart from your eyes. It says don't, in other words, don't pick it up on a listening app and then don't ever pick it up and read it again. You got to keep it in front of your eyes. You know, you got to have two witnesses in order to get it why because god knows what what you need to do he knows how hard it is to stay focused on his word because his word is not that you don't hear it that much you hear it in church you hear it when you select to go and listen to it you hear it in a select number of places but if you turn on your tv they ain't gonna read the bible to you they're going to try to propagandize you into believing something that they want you to believe. That's just how cunning. See, when people first developed mass media like radio, television, and all that kind of stuff, they envisioned the day when you could select what you would broadcast and it would influence many people. That's how they sold advertising. That's how they sell it now on on TV, radio, wherever people congregate. They tell them we we uh, get uh, so many millions of homes. We're broadcast in so many millions of homes every day. And if you will get one minute uh, a day or one minute every hour, we can get your message to X number of people. And they track it on how much people go to their websites, how much they sell from this advertising. And when you can sell advertisers, you can also sell people who would not use it for good means, like propagandists. 
that want to sell a message to you and want to get you to influence you to listen to what they have to say only. And so God knew this day was coming, and that's why he says, keep it in your ears and your eyes. So if you can do that with the word, then it'll wash out all that propaganda you've been listening to by people who are trying to influence you instead of giving you the news. This, what they call news is is not objective news anymore. It's all slanted. Amen. Only way you can get objective news, maybe you find some websites that just print out details and facts and that's it. But then they select what they print. So you, you've got to go to God one way or the other. You're going to have to go to God and say, God, is this real what I'm reading right here? This is something that's made up. And so that's why he tells us to be careful how we hear. You got to hear with your spiritual ears. You don't want to hear with your carnal ears. You want to hear emotionally when you listen to things. You got to X that out and begin to hear by, by your spirit. And so when, when Jesus says those who have ears to hear, let him hear. That means, are you listening by your spirit or are you just listening by your flesh emotionally? And he knew that the disciples listened both ways. When he said kingdom, that set off bells in everybody. Come on now. When Jesus started talking about a kingdom he was going to set up, the Jew was looking at, ooh, you going to overthrow Caesar. That's why Peter and, and James and, and John were always in his face. Who's going to sit on your right hand? Who's going to sit? When you get to this kingdom of yours, who's going to sit on the right? Who's going to sit on the left? They had no clue he was talking about a spiritual place. So he was constantly having to to preach them back over into the reality. When he would say, my kingdom is not of this world, they should have got a, a message. Well, maybe he ain't talking about physically right here right now but they kept hope that it was that's why most of them left him when he was being when he was arrested they left because their kingdom they thought what they thought was going to happen they it looked like was not going to happen amen everybody's looking for something that's going to put them in a in a robe and a, a you know a, a ring on their finger and a crown on their head everybody's looking for that and jesus said uh uh-uh. uh you have to watch each other's feet. And they would do stuff like, what kind of kingdom, a foot washing kingdom? What kind of kingdom is that? What kind of, I want to sit on your right hand if I got to wash feet and old towels. But that's exactly what it is. It's a, a service kingdom. You know, a lot of people get crazy and try to take, take that scripture. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. Well, that don't mean you don't have to serve. Come on now get real he served you served he's still serving you gonna put yourself above him you know don't get carried away by these things they just this, those are just flesh people you know they they like stuff that feeds their flesh why they don't have a the, you know when you get born again your self-esteem should rise a hundred percent these are people who got saved and never let the word work on them to show them who they were on the inside. They keep that old mindset of being a nothing and a nobody. You got me? God is, is here to deliver you from that mindset. And that doesn't make, that don't mean you royalty and all this crazy stuff. 
but you're worth something. Keep working on it, and I'll tell you more about what you're worth. But you don't get it all in one shot. Amen? Let's get real here. So anywho, he says here, those who have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, there were only the same 12 about him. Hmm. They didn't have ears to hear, most of them. And he said to them, unto you, you few that took the time to come back after the meeting was over, and instead of asking me who's going to sit on the right hand on the left, ask me something about what I just taught you because I left you with a puzzle. Let's say it again. I left you with a puzzle. And so he said to them, unto you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So this is not something you just get. You know, don't don't think just because you heard this scripture before you got it all. You understand what I'm saying? You got as much as your little tea, your little brain and your little whatever you were listening. You got as much as you could stand without fidgeting in your chair and. You understand what I'm saying? You got that much. So you got to come back for another dose because you can't take all of this in one shot. You just can't do it. Amen. And so I can't do it. I'm, I'm learning every time I open this Bible, I look at, I find something new. Amen. Or, or an expanded understanding of something that I've already preached before many times before. I forget who it was. One of our our um, uh, fathers in the in Christianity uh, said that uh, until a man preaches a sermon fifty times or five hundred times, he doesn't that didn't get all of the sermon. You don't get it all until you preached it at least fifty times. Amen. And we always looking for something new. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you just get John 3.16 down, Pat, you'll go to heaven. There are a lot of people get that and get it superficially and, and trade it in for the world and lose their salvation. They never had it in depth to begin with. you got to get it rooted in you. you got to get it so rooted that you don't let the enemy talk you into walking back into the world again like you never knew God. Let me get me something to drink. I see I'm gonna have to might have to work at this a little bit, Miss Alicia. What you think? Yeah, I think so, girl. We got our work cut out for us. People at the Y ain't interested. I don't know. I shouldn't tell y'all that because I'm always threatening to go over there. However, however, God keep God is keeping you who have ears to hear because you come back for more. That's how you stay saved. I'm going to say it again. You know, these things are not mysterious once you start listening to God instead of listening to religion. You stay saved because you keep coming back for more. You know, people used to remember that. Or I know you're familiar with it, Miss Jan. Once saved, always saved. Right. You know, people would ask them old crazy question. Can you lose your salvation? Sure, walk away from it. You're saved because you keep coming back for more. 
Jesus said, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast him out. It's up to you to stay saved. <laughs> you know, you're going to fight God, go back in the world and, and expect him to come get you all the time. Come on now. Your salvation ought to be, if it's not worth anything to you. I see people hang on to old shoes better than they hang on to the Lord sometimes. Girl, them shoes don't fit. They done dry rotted. Now, I didn't get my shoes. I love them shoes. I, you can't make, I ain't throwing away. Them shoes are good. You got me? You value things that perish. Your salvation isn't, you know, you can't, you, you hold on to that, it'll hold on to you. Huh? As I had a girlfriend, I should probably shouldn't tell y'all that, but she said, girl, he ain't but a piece of man, but he a man. She didn't have to worry about burglars coming to her house. Now, I'm, I ain't talking about a saved woman. I'm talking about a sinner. You understand what I'm saying? So just, you know, I don't know how I got over there. Let me get my get. Y'all need to wake up. I wouldn't have to go there. <laughs> Amen. So he says unto you, verse 11, is given to know the mystery of the kingdom. Why? Why is it given to them to know? Come on now. What did they do? What did they just do? They followed him. And they asked him about the parable. Come on, y'all. He who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you keep seeking God, he said what? You will find me when you seek me. with all. So he'll tell you anything. You keep running after Jesus, he'll tell you everything. Everything he can tell you. Amen. And so this is how you are given to know mysteries. You seek them. You just want to know. Now you little nosy older sisters ought to rejoice in that. Huh? Those of you who always stayed in everybody in the house, mama so and so doing so and so. She meant she, she messing up again, mama. Well, you are a good candidate to know the mysteries of the kingdom because you got your nose in everything all the time. God can use that for your good. And he says, but until you put those who are without the ones that didn't follow me, the ones who show no interest beyond Sunday, you know, 11 o'clock and whenever the others serve, those who just come when they're supposed to come, give their money, do the this, da, 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 they'll never know the mysteries. See, it's how people fake you out. Them good church attenders, you don't know their hearts. The ones who are busy all the time doing everything, you don't know people's hearts. Do you got me? So you keep following the Lord. You keep your eyes trained on him. You keep focused on him and what he wants you to do. Keep seeking him. Keep seeking to know what he means. He says to those who are without in parables. Parables leave you confused. 
they do not give you answers. So he said they are going to be listening to my word like a parable every time they hear it. They're never going to get any farther than where they are right now because they're not followers. They keep starting over and over and over again. Amen. Looking for a new scripture, looking for something they can grab onto and get excited about it. They're not looking for the depth of relationship with me and understanding and following me and seeing what else is here for them or what else is here that I want them to do, whatever. And he said, for this reason, seeing they may see and not perceive. They read the word like you do. They don't get nothing out of it. I'm going to say, I'm going to read this again because, you know, people, I don't know how that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep reading. You'll find out. Seeing they may see and not perceive. Hearing they may hear and not understand. Oh, you mean I can listen to the word and not know and not know nothing that's going on. Amen. Lest at any time. Now, this can be changed. This is not a permanent. And Miss Pat over there grinning at me now. She was like <laughs> waiting for the earth to shake. Calm down. There is help on the way. You know, prophets, we got to be mysterious and dramatic. I'm just, just my gift. It's a gift. I can't help myself. Amen. Seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand. You ever see people have a Bible with them all the time and don't know nothing? That Bible is just like carrying a brick and they open it all the time. You know what hangs most of them up? They go in the Bible to find out who right and who wrong. You ever been there? You ever live like that? I used to, cause I didn't treasure the word. I didn't know the word was holy. That'll stop any heathen, carnal heathen, from going in there trying to prove their point. You ever see the testimonies of intellectual men? Yeah, I, I was an atheist. And I read the Bible to prove God was wrong, and he wound up showing me I was wrong. God even has mercy on crazy people. That's what he's saying here. He said, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be. What keeps them from not understanding is sin in their hearts. Impurity in your heart will keep you from understanding the word of God. For my example, the atheist guy, somehow his heart changed once he started opening up that Bible and trying to challenge God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the word's always anointed. He don't know that. He don't know what anointing means. He's just a heathen trying to prove God, trying to prove the Bible's wrong. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict the word, will prove, will reprove the world of sin and of judgment. And so he, the Holy Spirit, when you go in there, he will point the finger at what's wrong with you. Because he ain't talking to your mother. He ain't talking to your girlfriend. He ain't talking to the pastor, somebody you got to dispute with. When you go in that Bible, he talks to you. And he talks to you about you. He ain't going to talk to you about nobody else. You understand me? 
Or get in there and get what you can get for you and get out of there before you get whooped up real bad. (laughs) It says, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So then Jesus breaks down and explains the parable to them. Okay, so here he has given them three explanations of one scripture, one story. How much do you think we have to study and contemplate the word in order to get full understanding of it? See, this gives you a tip off right now. He ain't no easy read. You know, all these people think you can just get you a scripture and run off with it and work that scripture. Ladies. Behave yourselves now. Shorty, you usually take a nap for me. What you doing still awake anyway? See, she got some company. Now you know I'm going to catch you. Girl, bye. Take yourself a little, go back over there where mommy is and take yourself a little nap, okay? Thank you. Put them little eyeballs. She always give me the stink eye. I don't know why she give me that. Right, right, right. So it says, so they will be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Amen. And this is what keeps you from receiving the word. This is what keeps you from pre sin could be anything. It, it, it means missing the mark. You're aiming for you go in the Bible and aiming to get something to prove that you're right and somebody's wrong. You miss the mark. The mark is go in there and find out about you, not about somebody else. Go in there. This is a holy book. It's for holy purposes. God is not in your little religious argument with your friends. He's not in that. He's in helping you to learn how to live for him, helping you learn how to live holy, helping you learn how to live by the spirit and learn things by the spirit. And he says, lest at any time they should be converted. So like the, the atheist man, he didn't know conversion was, was on his, on the list of, of, of what God had for him. He didn't know that. He thought he knew everything until he met his match on that word. And then he got converted. So this can happen with people who are not even trying to find God. Holiness always is more powerful than iniquity. You got to understand that. It's more powerful. So what Jesus is saying, in other words, you keep coming in the word for whatever reason you think you're in the word, but just keep coming. Just keep coming and trust that, that the word will do what it's supposed to do at any time. That man probably had no idea that he would wind up God touching his heart. And opening up now, when a holy God starts opening up knowledge to you, that's a holy moment. You, you can't get out of that not being changed. That changes you. And that's all God ever wants to do is change us so that he can save us from, from a tormenting hell. Amen. And from hell on earth and, you know, a, a, a bad life while you're here on earth. It's not just for the hereafter. It's for the here and now. And so he he has designed a, a method for those who are without to be converted. You don't have to stay on the outside. 
that's why when you see some of your backslidden friends that haven't been to church in 15 years you can invite them to church and god will touch them and he'll minister to them and he'll win them over and they'll be converted see there are a lot of people sitting up in church every day never been converted to be converted means that you're won over once and for all never to go back again you're transformed amen you know with those transformer things the little things you take the parts apart and put them in they make different things well god dismantles us on the inside and makes us who he wants us to be and you can't undo that that's a work of the holy spirit you can't undo that like you know people say well uh, you know what god joint god don't join everybody together you liar give that back to the devil marriage is of god he said don't let man try to break it apart or break it apart that means it's impossible for you once join god supernaturally joins two people makes them one flesh you think you got power to break that you think divorce papers can break that It's a mystery. That means you don't know what you're talking about. Go somewhere and sit down. You might be feeling better because you ain't with John. But that's just because your heart is hard. Oh, Pastor Bob, we was talking about the word. We still talking about the word. Don't make me get up, y'all. Y'all know I want to sit down. You understand what I'm talking about, Miss Pat. I got to go out here and find me somebody. Everybody's sitting up here looking at her like, she ain't coming up here on me. She ain't rushing up here on me. I rush up on you in a minute. No, I'm messing with y'all. But, but you know, people don't like hearing this. And we know they don't. Because there are people that want to be mad at an ex-spouse, but God won't let them. See, the word will do that. See, when you're converted, you can't be mad at anybody, no matter what they did to you. Those who have ears to hear. You all have ears that will hear. And you can get the, the cobwebs out of your brain. God put himself inside of you so you can love people, not so you can hold on to animosity and hate, judgment and all that other stuff. You 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 gonna have to let some of that go. <laughs> All them buddies can't live in your spirit with God in there too. Come on now. It's kinda crowded in there. Gotta let some of that stuff go. It says, seeing they may see and not perceive. This is spiritual blindness. Hearing they may hear and not understand, spiritual deafness. Lest at any time they should be converted. When you see the way God sees and you hear the way God hears consistently, you're converted. Amen. He wants this to be a permanent work. In other words, he doesn't want you to go back to listening with your flesh again. And your flesh will fight you for this. You know, don't don't think by any means it's just one time and it's over. You know. You'll be sitting up thinking nothing, and out of the blue, you'll start thinking about somebody did you wrong somewhere. Why? Because the devil wants to keep you on his side. Amen? 
where all the haters are. You know, you think people hate you and you wind up realizing you the hater. <laughs> it's like that, as Cece would say. Amen. That's what deception is. It's it's something that that will trick you into thinking you're right when you're wrong. Write it down. Think you're right, but you're wrong. Amen. So God wants us to be in this group to be converted and our sins be forgiven. And we can go on and receive the benefit of that word that gets sown in our hearts. Amen. And and let it grow. In verse 13, then he said to them, you don't understand this parable? He said, if you don't understand this one, how can I tell you more? So y'all think this is important right here to understand? I mean, he's broken it down. This is the third time he's breaking this down. Then he tells them very plainly, if you don't get this, what he's saying right, right, right here is this is kindergarten right here. How you going to go to the first grade if you don't get this? If you don't understand this, how are you going to build a life in the kingdom? See what I'm saying? So when you see this, what you do is go, eh, slam on your brakes, stay here till you get it, and after you get it, come back again. Don't just skip over because you read it before or three times before. Oh, yeah, I got a, I got it underlined, got a date beside it. That's been 25 years ago. Go read it again. Grieve. Yeah, people... They get all like patting themselves on the back because they, I read this before. You should have read the whole thing at least 30 times. You've been saved 30 years. Don't you have that through the Bible in one year thing? Make you skim through there so you ain't no smarter for, well, I won't even go there, but you're supposed to see law on some of this stuff. So he says this, he breaks it down. This is finally when the mystery starts to open up. The sower sows the word. Amen. The sower sows the word. Who is the sower? It's any, it can be you. Oh yeah. The preacher. Anybody who's speaking God's word is the sower. You ever have somebody come up to you in the supermarket and they say something to you and you get a witness on the inside of you and God, you told me that again. You said that to me before I left the house this morning. You got me? That person, you don't even know that person. They sold the word to you. Amen. So he says the sower sows the word. And these are they which by the wayside. So the first group. The only group that really got benefit of it was the last group. Amen. So understand that. So so you want to be in the last group, but you got to understand how to stay out of the first, second, and third groups. You got me? He said, if you don't understand this, you don't get, in other words, I ain't teaching you nothing else till you get this. Like your first grade teacher. 
Remember that? And you kept trying to make that A, and you put the crook on the back side of it, and they said, wrong, do it again. And you did it, you finally did it the way you saw it, and you got out of the, the pokey for the day. Amen. They need to go back to teaching like that. They don't teach you that kind of stuff anymore. They indoctrinate you. You know, parents, y'all got to learn. You you might as well start teaching your kids at home most of the time. Don't You can't do that. Do you have homework? They say no, and you just let them go to bed. Find them some homework. Find out why they don't have homework. The sower sows the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard it, who comes immediately? Of course. He's the only one stealing the word from you. I didn't know all that. Oh, yeah. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Amen. Now, these people, everybody has an open heart to hear the word. Amen. They start listening, and Satan comes immediately to steal what was sown in their hearts. So how does he do that? The minute you get outside the church, somebody will say something to you like, what, what, you know, I didn't like that word they was preaching in there today. What do you think about that? You don't have no opinion. If somebody asks you something after you sat there for three hours and listened to the word, worship God, then all of a sudden somebody going to critique what you just heard. That's the Holy Spirit's job to tell you what you just heard. That ain't man's job. The Bible says you don't have need for man to teach you nothing. You better run out of that parking lot and jump in your car and turn the AC up or no AC. Jump in a hot car and roll them windows up and keep it moving. What do you think about that? I don't know. I ain't, I ain't asked God yet. Demon. And you have my permission to say it. Because here it is right here in the word comes immediately take away the word that was sown in their hearts now that's a an obvious example but there are some examples that are a little more subtle than that like questioning it's okay to question but you got to let god give you the answer you ever you ever hear something in in you, you think to yourself well that couldn't be right because that's the devil but he's working through your mind because nobody planted that seed that's in there already. And see, that's the one thing that we, when you, God is converting your soul. He's putting word in there and wiping out all of that nonsense that you've been taught already. The stuff you grew up knowing. The stuff you grew up wanting. The stuff you thought was true. The, st- the stuff everybody told you was right. And the religious stuff you've learned in dead churches. Amen. So so you'll hear something about. Well, you're already healed by Jesus stripes. You said that ain't right. That couldn't be right, because if that was right, how come I'm so and so? Now, I'm guilty. Everybody does that. 
Because what we're talking about is the activity of two different kingdoms. And you're trying to make them one. Your mind is trying to make them one. So the only way you're going to survive this is by doing what the Bible says. And it says to cast down anything that tells you the word is wrong. You throw it out of your mind. You don't entertain it. What hinders a lot of people making progress with their healing is entertaining the questions, the doubts, the fears, the whatever, whatever. And many times we'll find ourselves in a very subtle way being robbed of the revelation of our healing and holding on to that because we don't cast it down. You let it sit there. You can't let that stuff just sit there. You say, wait a minute, man, we healed. I've accepted that already. There's no, we're not arguing about that anymore. You shut up. And you said, let me talk. I am healed. I don't care about how I feel. I don't care about, I I do not consider my body. Consider your body gone. Amen. Because it is. It was nailed to the tree. That body that is subject to, to, uh, pain and suffering and all that was nailed to the tree already you just ain't got really the full revelation of that that's what you need to seek i was speaking with someone and they told me that 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 they were they had had something that that caused them a lot of pain and it wasn't moving real fast and they said you know i remembered that book lillian yeomans we had a lillian yeomans where she taught about consider not and she said, I didn't think I could really do it. And she said, I made up my mind. God, if you say I got to do this, I'm going to do it. And she quit focusing on the pain. And guess what? She was healed. Amen. She is pain free. And, and you know, you see, people don't think that works because they don't try it. They just, uh, if you don't have anything that gives you pain, praise God. Thank Thank God for it. But you don't have to use that word for something. You know, trust me, you will. You have to use that healing word for something. And so, so, and you got to know how to use that word. And so what Jesus is saying here, when people don't get it, it's because the enemy steals it from them. Amen. Like the first example I gave was we all have been in churches where people hear something familiar and they stand up and shout and get all excited. And the preacher can't even, that that's not even a teaching environment. You know, I mean, you know, you think I'm rough. I, I don't go to places like that to preach. Because what I would have to do is spend the first hour rebuking everybody. I mean, you do. Sit down and shut up because y'all don't know this, devil. Satan, get out of here. You don't know nothing. That's why you're always broke. You're always borrowing. You're always complaining. You're always sick. Sit down and shut up. I'm going to teach you something for a change. See, that's why I don't get invited a lot of. It's my modest little approach. But they need to sit down and shut up and take some notes. I I, I watched a man of God. He had converted his sanctuary from seats to tables, chairs, and desks. Now, if you don't get it from that, 
and I think the desk, I'm not sure if them the one piecers where you slide in, you can't get a jump out of them real quick. You try to jump up and shout and shout him down, you turn the whole thing over. I loved it. Gonna force you to learn something if it kills him. Cause you know, some people spend so much time in church for as little fruit as they get off of something's wrong somewhere. And it's how they hear. They receive the word with glad. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite scripture. And then they pull the seat out and, and they start that music up and they just go for it. <laughs> yeah, because she got some new heels. And a dress that's too tight for church. Ah, Pastor Bob, I'm bleeding in several places. Just hang on. We'll give you some sutures. Now, this ain't no Band-Aid day. Now, if you thought you was going to get a Band-Aid for that cut, I'm real sorry. you got to get a suture. So it's going to be a little more pain before we let you off the hook here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because this is why people never make any progress. And that feeds into the flesh of the minister. They like it when they can make people jump around and act crazy. They call that good preaching. And I'm not going to say what I call it, so you won't have to blame me for nothing. It says here, this is how he steals, by getting people in the flesh. The minute that scripture's read and it comes forth, people get in the flesh, jump around, dance around. Amen? In other ways, you know, you hear a word and it don't set right with you. That means you got to wait for it to settle. If it don't set right the first time, you wait for it to settle. Because it's the word of God. It's important for it to settle in on you. Amen? A lot of stuff, you got to give it time. Amen? It's, it, you won't receive it immediately. Sometimes that word will haunt you. It will follow you. You will, you will start thinking, God, why am I, I can't, I don't know why, what is, what is this, what is it about this scripture you just gave me? See? That's the people that, that seek him. He wants you to follow him and ask him for more. Say it again. He wants you to follow him and ask him for more. If you never have a reason to seek the Lord, you will never get much from him. This is the one thing that he guarantees will bring results of seeking. Seeking you shall find. Sometimes he shrouds himself in mysteries. Did you know that? Huh? You know, God spoke this word to me. I was, I was <laughs> trying to work some of my little, you know, working your little program, trying to get what you want from God in a hurry. And I was, uh, I was wanting something. I'm always wanting something, you know, more power, you know, kill more devils. <laughs> you know, one of them kind of moods. And I, I was miracle working power. And and he gave it to me so fast, and I said, "Wow, Lord, I didn't do all I thought I'd have to do to to, you know." He said, "You Christians have no romance in your soul." I'm going. 
was that you, Lord? I rebuked. No, I can't rebuke that. That was the same voice that told me I had what I was asking for. I ain't going to rebuke that one so fast. And he said, don't you realize that I hide myself from you sometimes just so I can have the joy of having you seek me out and find me? Remember hide and seek? That's him. He said, I enjoy. And, and I, he took me to the scripture. It says, it is the glory of man. To, it is, is the glory of God to hide a matter. It is the glory of man to seek it out. So he says, we got to do this hide and seek dance on many things I'm going to give you. He said, I'll teach you what real love is. Amen. That's why a lot of people are content being single, because God is everything to them. Amen. He's the lover of their souls. He knows how to get in your head and show you stuff that will mess your head up for a whole afternoon. You know, I, I can remember times God would tell me things, and I would just lie down on my bed. I said, God, I got to take that one lying down. I said, that's kind of mind-blowing right there. You understand what I'm saying? If you seek him. He, he, he will, will manifest himself to seekers, folks. You're not gonna get it in five minutes of reading brother so-and-so's 12 steps to something. He's gonna come another way. That's just all there is to it. So he says, these are those that are sown by the wayside. As, as soon as it's sown, the devil comes in. That's easy pickings, in other words. It, and the enemy will get you on a uh, in, in a program, or and this is religion. He'll get you in a mindset and a programmed way of responding to things, and he can always feed your flesh when you're supposed to be listening to the word with your spirit. He'll bypass your spirit every time, get you on every single time. And so it says here, uh, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. That's why it's good to take notes. In church, it's even better to read them when you get out of here. Amen. He says, and these are they which are grown, sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. That's the same group. They jump out, yay, I get you. Oh, wow. Oh, that's an answer to prayer. Oh, that's a good, oh, that, that word was good. Amen. And he says here, and they have no root in themselves. So you don't have a system for allowing yourself to get that word in you and tap in. Like taking notes and reading them when you get home. Amen. Instead of having big notebooks full of notes, you never look at it again. You got me? You take them so you can study them. Which is a good thing. Amen. And he says they have no root in themselves. And they endure for a time. But this is something you see often among church people. They go along with, they're, they're the best workers in the church. They're diligent. They come, they seem to be really loving God. And then one day they don't show up anymore. And they're gone forever. And you say, and then you wind up, you say, well, maybe they found another church to go to and you find out most of them don't. Or they go one time, never go back again. There's something wrong there. There's something wrong. Something wasn't sown in their hearts the right way. They never got it in their hearts right. 
and been sitting for years. Been functioning for years. Helping on different auxiliaries and and ministries in the church. Been doing it for years. And then just all of a sudden walk away. These are people, I tell you, what gets most of them. They think they've been believing God for something. And to them, it's a deal breaker if they don't get it. Got me? It's a make or break situation. And, and watch yourself with stuff you want real bad. And your flesh won't let you rest because of it. You know, watch yourself with your wants. Learn how to t- turn your wants into fulfilled already. See, if the Lord is your shepherd, the Bible says you don't have any wants. You're fulfilled. Totally. You got food, you got shelter, you got somebody to guide you and lead you and take care of you. You got everything. The missing ingredient is a myth. Let's say it again. People don't believe you when you say that because you're so convinced if you don't get this, he just done. God, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He forsook his son so that he could accept you, you nincompoop. Yeah, I said it. Okay, Lord, forgive me. I was talking to the, the carnal man. <laughs> There's a nincompoop everywhere. But you understand what I'm saying, right? You 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 got to understand what you have. God never forsakes you. He never leaves you. Just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean that he's left you. How many of you, your mother didn't give you, you, you thought you were getting so-and-so for Christmas and your list was 10 miles long and if they got you everything on your little list, your brothers and sisters wouldn't have had nothing. But you didn't leave the house and you didn't think she was never going to get you nothing anymore. Why do we do that with God? I'm serious. People do that with God in a heartbeat. Well, how come the prophecy didn't happen? Because you're so hateful. Prophecy, fulfilled prophecy is not for hateful people. It's for lovers. Faith works by love. You don't test God. He's testing you, baby. Do you understand me? He's been tried and proven. God, is, his word has been tried so many different ways. You want something on the cheap. Amen. So it says here, so on stony ground, they receive it with gladness, don't have any root in themselves, endure for a time. We don't say how long that time is. Can be a long time, can be a short time. You understand me? They endure. We're supposed to endure forever. We have the ability to endure anything forever. They endure for a time. Like that's you doing God a favor or something. You're just getting started. And they have no root in themselves. Endure for a time afterward when affliction, persecution arise for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. Somebody in your family finds out you saved and you quit coming as much. <laughs> I told you I was going to suit. That was just your first suture, okay? 
You got me? Just, just don't want to be who God calls you to be. Amen? Unless you get a title first. That's, that's the little crop that's out there now. The people with all the titles. Amen? Apostle this, apostle that. Grand Prelate, whatever. These are those that are, are, they're offended. So, so this is your group that worked in church, diligent people seem to be grabbing it. But, you know, you, you, sometimes you'll have interactions with these people and the flag goes up. Some inside of you. The pastors get that because they have to oversee sheep and take care of them, know how to treat them when something comes up. Then you can sense it's coming on. No, they want to get offended about something. And so it says here, immediately they are offended. Now these are they which are sown among thorns. They hear the word, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and that's your 90 percent of people that are never fruitful in the word amen well i can't pay my bills and i can't give to god well stop giving he'll still take care of you oh pastor barb you can't say stuff like that well sure he will everybody in here's proven that God put a roof over your head, food on your table, and you hadn't given him nothing. While you were a sinner and while after you got saved. Everybody's panicked over money at some point. What you want to see is can God forgive you and you don't fall out with him over money. He wants to get the money issue off the table. He said, no, nah, we ain't going to fall out about it. He said, I don't hate you because you, you took your money and paid your bills this week. I've been trying to get you to pay your bills first anyway. He considers that a victory. Do you understand what I'm saying? He forgives. A forgiving God even forgives you when you don't give. Oh, y'all took that second suture pretty good. See, you gotta kill a lot. See, what'll happen to you if you keep thinking like you gotta give something to God before He'll do it. You don't give it before. He's given you everything already. All you're giving Him is a token of what you have. And I'll prove it to you. I bet you got more that you keep than you give to God. So it's nothing but a token. Get out of here with that nonsense. You know, you get yourself in religious bondage and then you get stuck financially and you don't know how to get yourself out. You gotta go to rooted blood, folks. The blood will help you when you mess up. It's for when you mess up. I don't care what you mess up with. Now I thank God for people who are faithful givers. I'm a faithful giver myself, but I had to learn how to get there. You got me? You don't get there automatically. And he doesn't love me because I give. He loves me and I give. Amen. He loves me first. And he don't dislike me because I don't give. Amen. 
say the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches. Ooh, don't let me go there. I'm not going there. I'm going to pass. I just went there. And the lust of other things entering in. Watch your stuff that you just got to have. You got me? It gets so important. I can't live if he don't do this for me. Do you understand me? There's nothing that important, especially earthly stuff. Now, if you're talking about, you know, some something to help somebody with, I'm all for it. Let's jump in there and make sure because he's going to give that to you, period. Amen. If you need something to, to bless somebody else's life with, that's going to happen. Love others as you do yourself. That's the number one commandment. You start obeying that. God will put everything in your hands you need. You hear me? But we can't get beyond asking for us all the time. <laughs> Important stuff. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I, I had made a, Rebecca lives with me now because I'm close to her school. She's in nursing school. She wants to finish. And so I was telling her, I said, Becky, don't spend no money on food. I said, just give me your list. Which I don't want you taking your money trying to take care of anything in this house. This house is my responsibility. <laughs> I look in the refrigerator and say, I don't think I even have a decent meal in here. <laughs> I mean, it's in the freezers everywhere. And I said, well, Becca, did you eat? Yet? Yeah, I found some. <laughs> she, always, I, she said, we had so-and-so left over. We had so-and-so. I said, as my girl living off leftovers, I think we're going to make it. Amen. <laughs> you know, God won't put you in over your head on stuff. Amen. And so, so it's just that way. But, but this is, this is what turns people away from serving God is this gotta have, gotta have, gotta have this, gotta have that, you know, and in, 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 uh, just making that. Your biggest priority is things that will perish. He's not looking to give us throwaway stuff. In fact, he'll give you so much of that, you will have it to throw away. But you you can't lust for it because lust is not faith. you got to use your faith for it. And faith is a whole different thing. Sometimes faith is more endurance than it is just, you know, picking out something you like and confessing the word and believing. Sometimes faith is believing over a long stretch of time for things that you thought would come in in an instant. Or you see other people getting it quickly, and why is it taking me so long? Amen? And so these things we cannot question God about. This is this is what trust is all about. When you trust him, you have more answers than questions. But when you do have questions, he gladly answers them for you because he wants you to know things. Amen. And the things he can't take you, tell you, he'll tell you these are secret things and they belong to him. Amen. And so God wants to give us full understanding of everything, folks. He doesn't want us stumbling around blind. So he says here, deceitfulness of riches, persecution, offenses, uh, thorns, all of that stuff will hinder your growth in the word. So if you want the word producing your life, have, keep a pure heart. It's very simple. Keep short accounts. You find yourself disliking somebody, you know, put it before God and ask God, God, straighten this out for me. I don't like feeling like this. What is this about this person? What is this here? What is this there? 
And he'll straighten it out for you. Because you want to keep a pure heart so the word will work. And those are the people in this last one. These which they are are on good ground. They hear the word and receive it. And don't let anything choke it out. These are the fighters. You fight to hold on to the word. Amen. You ever told God, you know, you said, God, you know what? I'm going to get this. I'm not walking away empty handed. I'm not going to let the devil steal this from me. You ever tell him something like that and get determined to let that word produce in you and get determined to walk in peace with God and assurance about all things, not just some stuff? You know, sometimes, you know, the stuff that's easy for us, that's like the kiddie pool. Remember Jesus telling the disciples, launch out into the, hmm, we like the way that sounds because we like what they got. But you don't like the danger of getting in over your head. Amen. Well, if he told you to go out there, he must be going out there with you. He's with you in everything. It's deep because that's where all the riches are. That's where all the wealth is. You know, people that you, you, you know, when, when God, when he created the Garden of Eden, they, all the wealth was visible. It was above ground. Hello? Remember? The, the walls of the cities were agate and crystal and diamonds and all of those fabulous jewels. Where are they now? underneath the earth see when god cursed the earth everything was inverted man has to work by the sweat of his brow to go get something valuable you see people stealing killing you know selling all they have to go and get uh the right to mine gold somewhere or get diamonds somewhere you know people in south africa have have murdered i don't know how many native people there just to keep control over the diamond mines that are there there's blood on everything that's valuable. Why? Because it's not visible. It's not easy to get to. Same thing with God. If the world can do it, God can do it too. So he hides stuff. And hidden red treasures of darkness. You ever read that scripture? Dare you to try to go find them. Huh? Because you got to get God to lead you to them. And he releases them to the faithful people. But there's a whole lot more. That's why God tells you to put your faith and trust in him. Because he knows where everything of value is. And he's the only one that can reveal it to you and lead it to you. And he'll lead you to things. But you got to please him and you got to trust him in the receiving of things. But he wants to reveal his. These are the secrets that are in his word, folks. Spend some time alone with him. Tell God, explain that to me. I want to know more about that. And act like you're serious. Go get a pencil and don't pull that phone of yours out and put it on your notes or whatever you put it on. He don't want that stuff. Go get you a pencil. It's a Steve Bannon would say a number three pencil and go write it down. He said pencil and write it down like you did in elementary school. Amen. Write these things down and make note of it. Act like you're serious with God. And he will start to reveal all kinds of things that are helpful to you. This is not just head knowledge, but he wants you to have knowledge that you can turn into power in your life. 
power to receive of his kingdom. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word. Lord, we bless you. We magnify you. We extol you. We lift you up, Lord. Certainly you are worthy to be praised. You're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for increasing us in revelation, understanding of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are your disciples. We are the ones who come apart. We're not living in parables, but we're living in revelation, knowledge, truth, and reality of your word. So we thank you. These things are no longer mysteries to us, but we can freely receive your revelation just by seeking you. Father, we seek you. Amen. We say yes. We say yes and amen to everything you have for us, Lord. We're going to do it your way. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Anybody need prayer? I'm going to pray for you. Amen.